Well, hello there and welcome aboard. This is Wesley Smith with Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast, treeservicedigital.com. And we've got another expert interview lined up today for Corey Parsons uh, with Rogue Tree Solutions. I'll let him introduce himself in just one second. But if you're watching this as a replay uh, on YouTube, go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel. We've got lots of marketing tips, tricks, and hacks coming up, as well as more expert interviews lined up. Uh, that really help you kind of see the business as it is maybe in your future or where you are today. So if you're on the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast player with a Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major ones, but I'm super stoked. Today we have Corey Parsons. He's the president of Rogue Tree Solutions and uh, he's in the Ohio market. Corey, welcome aboard. and Thanks so much for sharing today. Hey, I really uh, appreciate that introduction and uh, it's a privilege to be on Thanks so much for sharing. Man. It helps a lot of other business owners out there. You know, people are in various stages of their business, right? They're getting started. They're maybe just have gotten started. Maybe they've been in business 10 years and they're not quite to where they want to be. Uh, so having business owners like you on the on the podcast just really helps, man. It really helps hear from other people. Uh, well, just to get started, kind of tell us a little bit about maybe, you know, how you got started in the tree service industry, when you started your business, what area of the country you're in and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was kind of, uh, if you want to say, born into the industry. Uh, I never thought that this is what I would be doing. Uh, my old man was, uh, uh, he ended up retiring um, from the largest tree company in the world. Um, they're mainly utility line clearance. Uh, he was with them 41 years. So pretty much, man, from the time I can remember all the way through, um, that's what he did. And but I always seen it and was like, man, there's no way I'm ever going to do trees. And then right out of school, I, I kind of went a different route, um, quickly realized that it wasn't for me. And then uh, Pops called me one day and he's like, hey, I just need a, someone with a strong back and we need some guys to go to work. So that's kind of how I got into the industry. Um, at first, I'm like, man, I don't I just don't think I this is going to be for me. And then here we are. Um, you know, own business and going from there. But uh, I really liked uh, the atmosphere where we worked. Um, like I said, it was a utility line clearance company, but there was just a lot of things that I wanted to kind of do differently that I, I wasn't able to um, just the red tape of corporate, you know, the uh, corporation of that size. And um, so my business partner, he actually, uh, he started the initial thought process and, and the initial business of Rogue. Um, he really had no experience, uh, what I would consider experience doing trees. Uh, he's a medical professional and kind of got involved with it and then started the business. And then a few months into it, it was like, you know, I, I just don't think this is going to work out. Um, we met one night over a couple of beers and I was still with the other company and I had another smaller company that I had on the side. And he was uh, just the, you know, the, the normal complaints of a new business and all the struggles that comes with it and you have the struggles from the business but then you have the struggles too of of actually doing the work and if you're not in tune with the safety and all the uh you know OSHA rules and then it even goes into the leadership of hiring like you're kind of you're just against the wall on every side of it so he was like look I think I'm just gonna cancel this whole thing and I'm gonna go back into nursing and uh, I was like, well, let's, let's kind of talk about this. And he was like, well, he's like, you should just come on. He's like, you know, all you've ever done is trees. And we talked about it and kind of gave it a trial run for a few weekends. And just the first couple of years, man, it honestly was just for fun. Um, it was uh, a way to earn a little bit of extra cash here and there. And then 
it quickly started to develop and turn into something uh, much bigger than I think either one of us had anticipated. so I had to make a decision, which was tough. I had just had my uh, first son and I had like that kind of motivation, having a baby, man. Well, it was, uh, it, it was scary just because, you know, I, I was with the, the previous company. I was there um, at that time, like eight years, nine years into it. Um, I had full retirement, like everything was set up how kind of we're taught, right? You know, like we're taught from little, like you got to get into somewhere and you got to follow kind of in between these lines and get a retirement. And then that's just what you do. 100%. So I, I had to sit there and, and definitely make some decisions. Uh, so I decided, I was like, man, I, I think I just got to do this. So jumped in with, with both feet without really much of a safety net. And honestly, the rest is history. That's awesome, man. So you started off with your pops, kind of just learning kind of the day-to-day, right? Of, you know, tree trimming and pruning around line clearance and things like that. Uh, put them in the chipper truck, finishing, cleaning out the job, all that stuff. So you learn the ropes there. And I want to go back to another thing that you said that was powerful. And a lot of people are in that specific time of their business where they're just getting started. The way I like to look at it or kind of describe it too, it's like, you've seen the guy like the strongman competitions, right? They got the rope tied to their chest and they're trying to pull an airplane. One of them is a guy trying to pull an airplane. So to get started, man, it's a ton of work, right? I mean, you're just pulling, you know, struggling, trying to get that airplane to start moving. And once that thing starts moving, you know, the momentum starts building, the wheels start turning. And it's almost like you're going uphill for a while, but then it flattens out. And then you're going downhill and it gets much easier as you go. And that's kind of just like a business is when you first get started, right? It's just, you don't know what you don't know. You've never right. been there before. Uh, and you guys were, you know, or your partner, maybe not yourself, but your partner, you're kind of, kind of looking at throwing in the towel because it's very tough when you first get started with a business. Yeah. It's not, it's not for the faint of heart starting a business. That's for yeah, sure. It's not. And that's, um, you know, I have people from pretty much for the, probably the last like three to four years across the Northeastern part of the country, reach out to me, whether they're in, you know, arboriculture, landscaping, whatever it is, and just picks my brain and, and you know, questions and, um, because you got the struggles of starting a business, but then, like you just said, then you start picking a momentum. So if your business isn't structured properly, that momentum can be just as detrimental as not moving at all. So if it starts moving too fast, then that's where your product starts to diminish. Um, you you start losing your relationships uh, with your customers, and then he, that stress turns into uh, employee uh, employee issues, right? So then you you start having turnover, and then now you've got this other giant problem kind of spinning out of control and it's it to me um from working with other businesses and helping people along the way i've seen that that's probably can be more of a headache and more of an issue to close your business than actually trying to get it started in the beginning so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's definitely man there's there's so many things to it but that's i i don't know i enjoy it i really like um i don't look at problems like most people um to me it's it kind of they when i get a problem presented to me it's a smile and it's like all right how are we gonna how are we gonna push through this absolutely and like you said if it starts taking off the momentum builds then you got the problem of over promising and then under delivering you don't want to do that that gets you a bad rap in the area so it, it is it's a juggling act when you first start and it's it's about hiring the team i mean we're in the process of, of growing ourselves so hiring the team is the next challenge and that's a whole different set of skills uh, than doing the work you know so um but awesome man great stuff so what about did you guys get started and kind of start 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 moving on up and getting that momentum built was it 10 years ago five years ago how long ago well, so so the business was initially the first filing for the llc was 2015. okay uh, so relatively um it's relatively we're, we're a young business but 
I've been able to connect the dots and make it grow to what it is in a really quick, uh, kind of a quick manner here. And I think that's what um, a lot of people kind of look at us and they're, uh, you know, even locally here, we'll have customers reach out and be like, hey, we'd love to use you guys, but we just feel like you've taken away from the, the smaller companies being a franchise and we can't support that. And I'm like, well, we're not a franchise. What are you talking about? And they're yeah. like, well, how on earth did you do this in that amount of time then? So, yeah. um, which is always, you know, it's, it's really cool to hear. Uh, but so, yeah, it started off um, with my ties to the previous company. Um, I did a lot of uh, hiring with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of, uh, I, I got pretty good at that of recruiting and then obviously um, I ran operations. So at one point I had 50, I think I had 54 uh, employees underneath me. Um, we worked uh, transmission lines. So pretty much um, you know, going back to my original days there, um, I tried to be a sponge with everything. So I wanted to learn, even if I didn't necessarily like that particular part of it, um, I wanted to learn it. So there's a you know portion of that industry that, that that's called work planning, right? So you got to go in, you got to look up, uh, use global imaging systems, auditor sites, you got to find homeowners, um, talk to people. I hated that portion of the job. I just didn't like it. You're discussing, you know, going over easements and all this stuff. And I, I was like, man, I just want to, I just want to cut trees down. Yeah. But I kind of got pushed into that position, and that taught me a, a ton of skills. And then uh, it kind of really got me uh, introduced into some of the bigger conversations with the, you know, the corporate entities. Um, and then, then we, you know, got into involved with working with the state and then started meeting like different arborists for different cities. So I started building up like kind of that, uh, professional side versus mm-hmm. just going out and cutting trees down. So, um, started getting, you know, part of some of those conversations, um, developing those skills. And then once rogue started, uh, started picking up a little bit of traction, you know, it was mainly just residential, mm-hmm. um, residential is great for cash flow, uh, but it's, in my opinion, um, it's tough, especially in our market, because if you, if you only focus on residential, it's really hard to keep all of your employees working through your off season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a family, I, I want to be able to support my family 12 months a year. I don't want to work for, for somewhere where, three to four months of the year, I'm worrying, man, am I going to have 40 hours this week? Um, so when it comes to attracting a, a good employees, like from day one, I'm like, I have to find a way to fill that void. Um, so I started pushing hard into uh, state work. Um, so we're a DOT contractor, state of Ohio, we have to follow uh, federal restriction of the Indiana bat. Um, so our main ODOT work is from October to March. So I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty neat. This is a good avenue, um, really pad our winter months. But obviously now dealing with state and the contracts, all your T's have to be crossed and I's dotted. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of goes back to, well, I got to have these contracts to keep good employees, but I got to have good employees to be able to fulfill these contracts. So sure. that's obviously the first couple of years was a struggle. And then, you know, you're dealing with engineers that's been dealing with some of these other companies for 25 years. So it's like, how am I going to break even into this, uh, into this side of it with all these previous relationships? And so that was a, that was a little bit tough. Um, It took me, uh, it, I would say probably three to four months, the first year, I never got a single call, not even a phone call to come bid something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So then I kind of took that on myself, started going out, um, literally going to different districts, knocking on doors, introducing myself. Um, and it was really funny. I had this, had this engineer come out and uh, come out of his office and he's like, you drove two hours to just introduce yourself. And I'm like, yeah, abs you know, absolutely. I said, I, I just want to, I want a chance man to get my foot in the door. And he goes, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you the next bid I get. He goes, I'll, you know, I'll let you come bid it out. So the next first job I got, I bid it. I got it. And, uh, we, he actually called me and he was like, man, these, he's like, are you sure you can do it for this price? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You no. Know? And, uh, did the project for him. He came out and literally he was just very impressed with what we did. And from there on, it was kind of like a wildfire with the state. So that engineer introduces this engineer. Now we're working across the whole state of Ohio, you know, throughout the entire winter. So, um, so it just started to build, man. It was 2017 was my first year of real employees, right? So we had to go through the process of, uh, you know, going through the workers comp and all the legalities of it and different insurances. And so 2017 was first year of real employees. Um, uh, and, you know, I look at it today. Uh, I think as of sitting right now, I've got 26. Awesome. Dude, I want to unpack a couple of those things you said, because those are yeah. a lot of people need to probably go back and listen to that again. So as an entrepreneur, you brought up the point that, you know, you're starting your business and it's, you know, you've literally, you, you've already kind of quit everything else. So you kind of burn the boats, right? You're, you're moving forward. And so then it's about building your contacts, getting the opportunity, getting your foot in the door. I mean, I can relate because my first sales job 16, 17 years ago was door-to-door -door sales for telecom so we had to go door-to-door -door, man and hit 40 doors a day that was kind of the the standard amount of doors you wanted to pull a day to get a couple of people that were interested and then before that even that i worked for my dad's plumbing company so i come from a blue collar background uh, background growing up um and so but that's 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 very important so you, you do whatever it takes to succeed you do whatever it takes to get that next contract that next job or whatever um, and, and so that's, and so that's powerful because people need to realize that like, even if we're, if we're incurring or approaching a, a small slowdown in the economy or anything like that, if you get out and hustle, you're still going to be okay. You've just got to hustle. You can't rely on the phone ringing or referrals and things like that. You might need to do a little bit more marketing. And then the next thing that you said there was you're diversifying your clientele. So you're not just relying on residential work, which does slow down during the winter months because people stop kind of thinking about those types of things sometimes for two or three months, four months when it gets really cold. Depends on your market, your area of the country. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they're worried about Christmas. They're worried about New Year's. They're, you know, they're, doing, they're just dealing with everything else and it's snowed in and things like that. And so by diversifying your clientele and building up these government contracts, commercial contracts, things like that, a lot of bigger uh, tree companies have gotten into plant healthcare because it's repeat recurring treatments and things like that. So if you just take those nuggets and just start expanding your services and the clientele of your services, you're going to be okay during those slow months. So a lot of good, powerful shares right there, man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you don't even really, you know, a lot of people get intimidated, um, by municipal contracts and, and, and anything related to the government um, as an entity and its whole is there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of hurdles with that right so I understand especially new companies they're not going to go um, tackle that right off the bit they, they ask questions in those contracts that unless you've been in the game a while you can't answer yeah. um, so you know you're calling people trying to get stuff figured out but even it, it's so funny that just in our area, there's a lot of um, owner operator mom type type uh, tree companies. And until we came into the picture, um, you know, my head was right off the rip. We got to stay, you know, got to stay busy in the winter. 
So what can we do in the wintertime? Well, we can really emphasize and push pruning, right? So mm-hmm. we should be pruning in the winter months. And you have these companies around us that they're like, oh, we don't do pruning. And I'm like, well, why? Like, <laughs> why would yeah. you, why would you not? I, like that's the, from a tree standpoint, from a perspective, or, or I guess metrics, um, that's the most profitable crew you can have is your pruning crews. You know, they don't, they're not running with $500,000 cranes. You don't have all this liability. You can send two man crews out. And from a, a net profit standpoint, they're the most profitable crew you can have. So, but then it goes back to, you have to be able to deliver that, right? So you've got to have, um, you know, being a certified arborist is, is huge um, in our organization. You need to be able to understand proper cuts and you have to make that investment in your employee, which in turn is going to make that investment within your organization. So you have to be able to connect those dots of, uh, you know, kind of the value of what you're selling and you need to be able to, your sales rep, he can't just be a sales rep. He has to be a through and through tree guy. He's got to know what he's talking about. Um, and he's got, and, and that's how you sell yourself, right? You're not selling like a, a gimmick. You're selling your, your knowledge in yourself. So um, it, in my opinion, that's what a good sales rep is. He knows his product that, you know, the best that he possibly can and he delivers it. So as soon as you start getting a good reputation, man, it, it, it kind of goes into the keeping up with the Joneses and, and everybody then kind of wants to see your sign in their front yard. Yeah, because people also probably want to protect and save their trees, not just remove them. Yeah. So if they find out that there's a company that knows how to deal with that, save trees, right. fertilize trees, inject trees, do all the things that's going to keep them looking good. Uh, so that's another thing that you mentioned too, invest in your employees. So when you get a guy out in the field, make sure he's just as knowledgeable as you over time. Sure, it takes a little bit of time. Uh, but invest in that person, spend some time with that person, train that person. And going back to one of the things you said before is really powerful too, is the, the branding play. So I guess I'm assuming the reason why people thought you were a franchise was because you have such good branding, good right. logoed and wrapped trucks, and just kind of a systemized process for your tree service company. People probably thought, man, I'm seeing this road tree solutions truck all over the place. These guys are everywhere. And that's because yep. you're all over the internet. You, you got your truck yeah. wrapped, you're putting the, putting the signs up, you, do, you know, right. so people just keep seeing it. And that professionalism, it just, it's, it tattoos in people's head and they remember your company name. Plus it's a good name. It's not just Gary's Tree Service or you right. know, Corey's Tree Service. People are going to remember that and the look. Yeah. Uh, so speak a little bit about that, like what your thought process was and like branding and marketing and making sure people remembered your brand and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, going back to the early stages, it was, uh, um, you know, kind of when I came into the picture, um, the, the logo was kind of thought up, but it wasn't on anything, you know, it wasn't on a truck. It wasn't, there was nothing nowhere that told a customer or someone driving down the road who we were. So um, my biggest thing was, you know, and I look at, uh, I look at Starbucks, right. From a coffee brand. So you see these, these people um, they'll pass five place, five coffee shops to get to a Starbucks which is going to be a more guaranteed, it's probably more expensive than the five places that you pass. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, well, why is that? Is their coffee so much better or is it the brand recognition of, I got to have my Starbucks and they're in the, the, the you know, I kind of call it like, uh, they're like ranting fans, right? So like the rant yeah. of the business. So they, they, they kind of in the early stages, I'm like, well, why, why aren't service industries like that? Why do we not see businesses in the service industry pushing this brand like I don't see it anywhere and mm-hmm. you know you'll see like like you said you know uh, Gary's uh, you know service or you know last name and, and it's like it kind of gets watered down and it's very easy to get lost um so 
right off the rip, man, I was like, I've got, I'm going to do this very, very bold. Um, I want to make a statement with, with the brand. So it started off and, you know, the brand has um, the design and everything's evolved over the years and the wraps evolved. Um, but it was, I wanted something when, when we pulled onto a street, everybody knew exactly what that business was supposed to be doing. Uh, so, you know, giant chainsaw, right? There's no question of what that company or what right. that truck is sure. doing. So um, it even goes into, you know, our, uh, our biggest form of marketing that gets us the most phone calls, hands down, is yard signs. Um, without a question. I was just um, going to ask you that next question. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. So science. Yeah. So I went to this marketing uh, local company, right? And I was like, I want, uh, actually, let me stop it. So the first, the first thing we ever did was a, a billboard, a full-size billboard. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm like, of course that, of course, why would that not work? Mm -hmm. So I went to this marketing company and he's like, I've been doing this for years. I'll design you a billboard. I'm like, okay. So he designs it, sends it in. He sent it to me for obviously approval. I looked at it, was like good to go. So it gets uh, put up and I'm driving down the road and I literally have to stop my truck and I'm like reading this thing like a novel. And I call him up and I go, yeah, this, that's not going to work. And he's like, he starts questioning me. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's not going to work, man. I said, people driving down the road don't have time to read paragraphs of what I said we need you know the logo was real small on it mm -hmm. so we ran that for 30 days and I I don't I didn't get a single phone call related for the billboard so I was like yeah I don't that's not going to work for me anymore so he's like he kind of got a little bit uh, a little bit cocky and he's like I'd like to see something better I was like okay how about tree work in giant letters with the question mark behind be, you know at the end of yeah. it Sure. My logo and then a phone number yeah. and then the ISA logo. Mm -hmm. And he was like, are you serious? I'm like, that's what I want. People don't have enough so, time to read a paragraph. Yeah. I was like, look, road. man, yeah. like you have a, you have someone that uh, poses a problem. Do you have tree work? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I do have tree work. Logo, phone number. It's that easy. So we started doing these yard signs and it was, uh, it was funny because everyone, you know, all these businesses had yard signs, but again, if the sun's hitting it, you can't see what it says and you got to stop and look at it. So it, literally I did the exact same thing. Tree work, question mark, logo, phone number. Perfect. So we now, um, we go through on average, um, I go through about 150 to 175 yard signs a month. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so, it's so funny because you'll see all it takes is one. Yeah. You'll have yard side one go in within three weeks, there's 30 on that street. And that's what we've done pretty much every time we go into an area, that's what happens. And then, so you got the yard sign, you've got all these trucks in the driveway or out on the road, yeah. people passing. So it's very easy for the brand recognition. Um, and especially if we're trying to push into a new area and um, we've got some, some really neat uh, commercials that we've had made. I like um, those, the ones on your YouTube channel on your website. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, they're, you know, I, in my opinion, I, there's, you know, the guys that do those, he's a buddy of mine that I graduated high school with. Um, they are incredible. Uh, but so, you, you know, we'll tie those into, um, different, uh, television programs. Um, so it's that constant, you know, marketing is, is not, you know, I, I see these individuals get stuck in, in one rhythm of it and they're like, and they'll beat that horse until it's dead. 
And I'm like, guys, you constantly, it's a shotgun effect. You've got to be throwing stuff from all angles. And all it takes is just that little logo, like constantly keep that logo mm-hmm. in people's minds. Um, so, you know, you know, from marketing, I don't want to jump ahead of you or anything, but it, there's so many different things that go into it, whether it's, you know, you pick a baseball team, a, a local youth baseball team, and, and now your shirt's got those on it. And then the parents, um, you know, they might need work at their house or they're the CEO of your local, uh, another local business. And hey, we need pruning. So all those things just constantly tie into each other. Um, but once it works, it works. Yeah, that's that's incredible, man. So it's really you're doing the marketing, but not only are you just trying to get leads, you're trying to tattoo that brand in everybody's head locally. So they remember to call road tree solutions next time they need anything. And so we always, we always, you know, suggest, you know, all of those things, the signs, the branding, the trucks, you know, your website kind of ties in with all that too, because people are ultimately always going to end up on the website at some point, your Google business listing has reviews out the wazoo, just, you know, 50, 100, 200 Google reviews on there. Uh, Google paid ads, uh, you know, retargeting all over social. So when somebody lands on your website, they're going to see you over and over again when they log into social. So there's all these different things. Billboard, you mentioned billboard. A lot of uh, some of our clients have those um, two or three billboards or whatnot. So that's good for brand recognition. But again, it's got to be a quick, simple message. Call if you need help. And, and that's pretty much it. And, you know, the fact that you're using yard signs like that, that's very good. Because when you're in a neighborhood, the neighbors already just, you know, in their head, perceive that this is a trusted tree company. One of the neighbors is using this tree company. So, right. hey, if I see their sign, I'm going to go ahead and give them a call. That way it's still there even after the truck leaves. So that impression, right. and one of the things I wanted to talk about too, is it's impressions, is how many people see your business over and over and over and over again, whether they're, you know, on the road, they see a billboard, whether they're in the neighborhood, they see a yard sign, Maybe, maybe you've, you know, put dipped your toe in the water with direct mail, same thing. They open their mailbox, they see Rogue Tree Solutions, you know, everywhere they look, they see you guys. And that just goes a long way for your marketing. You know, in a five-year period, you can get so much further if you concentrate on the branding side of it, just as right. much as the marketing. Because I see a lot of tree companies, they get stuck in that hamster wheel of buying leads from Home Advisor or Thumbtack or Angie's List or whatever, and the thing is, there's just no branding involved there because when people go to those platforms and submit their information, they don't know what five tree companies are going to be calling them. They just know right. somebody's going to be calling them. Yep. Uh, and then again, it goes back to what you said about Starbucks. So people will go and drive a lot farther to go pay for a $5 cup of coffee instead of a $2 cup of coffee at ones that they've already passed. Same right. thing with your brand. If your brand is out there, it's the perceived professional brand in the local area. They won't really question the price as much and they will move forward with the work because you guys have got such a stellar reputation. So lots of good shares there, man. And, and so after you started getting getting all this going and you started kind of building the, the blaze and the fires kind of growing, you're starting to build your business. Wh- what did you guys um, maybe get up to as far as like your crews? And, and so you got probably crews doing commercial crew doing residential or whatnot. So it's pretty much the signs, the truck wraps, looks like your website looks really good. What other things maybe are you doing? Today? I mean, you know, the biggest thing too, um, all of that's great, but you have to deliver an outstanding product. So it doesn't matter how good of branding and marketing you do. If your product isn't superior, um, you're, you're honestly, you're wasting your time. So your yeah. product, number one, your product has to be good, right? You, you have to, um, you kind of have to be the pinnacle of your area um, in, in, within the industry. So you've got to be, uh, you've got to stand out with your reputation. And then the branding, obviously, in my opinion, comes second. So it doesn't really matter how good your 
branding is if you don't have a product to match, um, you know, you're, you're kind of uh, wasting your time. Yeah, so, negative news spreads faster than positive news, I think. Is yeah, the old absolutely. Thing, right? so, yeah. uh, I tell you where, when I started noticing, this was kind of cool. Um, when I started noticing, it was probably early 2019. I would be at, you know, local, uh, you know, store, whatever it was, so, you know, local bar. And I'd see someone walk in wearing a robe shirt. Um, okay. Random. Some, someone that I've never been hired. And I'm like, and then you're driving on the road and you see a car with, uh, with a uh, robe bumper sticker or robe stick. And I'm like, man, this is, this is kind of cool. Like we're gaining yeah. some traction in the area. Um, yeah. So going back to the, the, the growth aspect. Um, so 2019, uh, I had... 21 employees um my uh, at the time uh my business partner was he was trying to run the cruise um started running into some some serious hurdles with that um you know and it, everyone says you know partners in business can be very tough and i'll be the first to say it, it can be tough but it comes with you have to be 100 percent honest with one another can't leave stuff on you know everything put it on the table at the end of the day and you, you know you'll figure you know, two human beings that can detach from the situation, they'll figure anything out. So um, kind of got to a point where I was like, look, man, this kind of running into some issues here. We need to get somebody else in this position. Um, so we did that. Uh, and then 2020 was, was a good year. Um, but 2020, gave, I finally was able to slow down enough to really start diving back into, into the business. Um, and sales were going up, you know, every year our sales were going up and up. And then 2020, I was like, well, we're not making any more money. So our net profits were actually starting to go down. Um, so we almost, I almost got caught up into the machine and the ball was rolling too fast for us to actually get our hands on it. Um, so 20, at the end of 2020, I made some, some pretty big decisions, choices, um, I actually dropped the business from 21 guys all the way back down to 11. Um, came with some serious hurdles, right? We almost cut in half. Uh, and then I started, I got rid of majority of the management team. Um, and I started doing everything myself, which was very tough because I had a full plate already. Um, so I went to pretty much a back to work in seven days a week. I had to work eight if I had another day. Um, and then I started rebuilding. And that was the best thing that the organization and the brand um, that we ever could have done. Uh, I built it, like I said, I, I'm back up to 26 employees today, good employees, um, right. net, you know, net profits um, were the highest we've ever been on a, a profit uh, standpoint. Um, and our product is back to where we started, you know, 2019, it got so big, our product actually, um, we, we, it started to get tarnished a little bit and it started going downhill. Um, and I started seeing it on my corporate pro properties. And then soon as that happened is when I was like, stuff's got to change immediately. Yeah, that's your repeat business. Your contract. Yeah. I was like, totally we have done. to make changes literally immediately. So, so we did. Um, and from there on it was okay. Um, and I kind of, I'll be honest, man, my, my view on business was, I guess on sales and everything was a little bit wrong. Um, I was, we got to get more sales. We got to get more sales. We got to get more sales. And we were doing so, but if you're not, if your retention's not any better, 
then honestly, there's no point of more sales. Like and for, for a small business standpoint, obviously on a large scale, if you're trying to gain, you know, uh, equity within the banks and you know, you're trying to do these different things, you, you know, you need that, that growth in sales. But from a, from a small business standpoint, I'm like, man, why am I adding all this extra exposure, which is right. extra liability for no extra return? Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. Just breaking even um, with that segment of the, yeah. Yeah. And then you're just opening the doors for, you know, the liability you know, that's, sure. that's obviously in our industry is huge. So, um, you know, knock on, uh, knock on wood, we've yet to have an OSHA recordable since, uh, since 20, since business has been uh, started. Um, but we were heading down the path that I didn't want to see the outcome. So it came, like I said, definitely came with some hard and tough decisions. Um, and then it, it, it kind of overloaded my lap for a while. Uh, but a, a crucial point that we did was uh, I brought on, um, he's not an owner, uh, but he's, he's kind of my right-hand man at this point. Uh, my older brother, uh, when he got, uh, he was in the service, uh, he was in Ninth Wing Special Operations, got out of the military, um, became an arborist, uh, got a bachelor's degree in environmental science. Um, he actually went to work for the, the same company that I started at, and he had 200 some guys under him there. They had a couple issues um, on dollars and cents. And he called me one day and was like, yeah, I'm not doing this no more. Uh, where do you want me? And I started laughing. I'm like, what are you ain't leaving there? You know what I mean? Like, why would follow you the same there? following the footsteps? Huh? Go and yeah. And I had at that time, I think I only had like three real employees. I'm like, man, we're, we're like small time, man. This isn't going to like, I don't think you're going to like this. And he's not, uh, he had never sold anything in his life. He wasn't a salesman and, uh, but he's highly intelligent and, you know, he's, he's been in the industry. He's good at what he does. And for me, it was, I could trust him with everything I own. So, um, bringing him on was an instrumental, uh, in the, in the success of the business. Um, so he's actually my sales manager, but he, he is a lot more than that in terms of, um, you know, he helps with the camaraderie of the guys and, you know, working through some of those complicated uh, bids and, and decisions. So he was instrumental um, bringing him in. And uh, like I said, man, it was, I, I talk to people all the time and I'm like, you have, to, your infrastructure of the machine has to be solid before you start reaching for the stars. Because if it's not, you're going to get to the scar. If your hustle game strong, you'll get to those stars every single time. Yeah. But once you get there and you look around and if your infrastructure is not right, you're going to collapse and and all it takes is one bad injury or one bad uh liability and and you're in a real a real tough situation to get out of yeah that, and that's awesome man bringing your brother on board i mean being in the military it gives you that discipline tell him thank you for the for his service and everything else that's incredible because people like that have got discipline they've got a good ethics and and all that stuff so you know he's going to be a good fit and especially working with family i mean if you can trust them you can't trust anybody more than family typically so i mean most right. families uh, you've seen other families too that, that maybe don't go that route but a couple other things you said too is don't be afraid to go back and, and look at the numbers and if you're not profitable you know you got to change some stuff up because nobody's in business to break even or or whatever so a lot of times that's raising prices sometimes that is you know implementing this or that sometimes that's getting rid of employees that really aren't pulling their weight or things that maybe just aren't as profitable segments of your business. Um, so you went through all of that, kind of dialed in that. One thing I forgot to kind of touch on is the branding and marketing play, that also probably attracts more local employees and talent too, right? Because they see your company is on the up and up, one of the bigger, you know, good, 
you know, good, um, reputable tree companies. They're, they're, they're going places. They're doing stuff. I really want to work for this company. Look how good their trucks look. I want to be represented like that. Can you speak a little bit to that? Does that help kind of yeah. bring on more employees and, re and retain them a little bit more? It does. So, uh, people want to be part of something, man, especially part of something that works and part of something that's good. So, uh, you know, we just had a, I had a, uh, safety meeting last week with the, the whole organization and, and went through about an hour and a half meetings, really, really good and structured. And we talked a lot of things and the biggest thing, man, is, is culture, right? So mm -hmm. you having a good brand and a good product, all that's great. But if your business is lacking culture, um, it's something that I think is, is vital when retaining good employees. So since I've been in business, I've yet to lose an employee to another tree company. Um, and I, I wear that hat pretty strongly, man, because that is, that is huge in this industry. That's so volumes, yeah, it, it does. So we've obviously had people leave. Um, I had one of my, one of my favorite, I got a favorite employee. Um, he was, he was awesome. He went 101st airborne division, um, in the military, right. I'm never going to fault somebody for wanting to, mm -hmm. to, to chase their dream. So, um, you know, I had guys go to dental school. I had a guy last year go to dental school. So all these things like, yeah, I strong, I want my, my employees to better themselves, whether that's with me or somebody else. Um, but yeah, as of now, I, I've yet to lose one to another, another tree company. So with that, um, with your culture is there's a lot that comes with that, right? So we are a small business. Um, we run things very family oriented. Um, if, if we have problems, we deal with them just like they're my brothers. Um, no matter you know, and that a lot of times who knows which direction that's going to go. No, I mean, um, it's family that you're not closer to anybody else in family. Right. right. So, so uh, but with that though, is right. You know, so everyone's kind of, you got this buddy mentality, which is great, but people kind of, that can be tough for individuals. Right. And, and there's a real fine line there. So, um, you have to, you can't let someone because they're your buddy, um, dip below the standard. And I see that happen 24 seven in business is you have this guy that gets into a leadership role or a management role, and he's got a buddy here, a buddy there. Well, next thing you know, the, the buddy who was a really good employee, they start dipping below the standard and it starts with, well, maybe I'm five minutes late. Well, maybe I'm 10 minutes late. Well, then that slowly just starts developing into the new standard, which you now infect your entire organization with that. So, um, you know, when at seven o'clock start time, we all have a standard to follow. So mm -hmm. I think that's huge. So culture, a lot of times can get, um, it can get confusing because you do like, uh, you have that friend ish mentality when it yeah. comes to your employees. Um, but you have to keep the standard and you have to hold that standard. And I've lost friends over it, right? Like I have, I've had buddies that I've hired and I've fired because they didn't meet the standard and then they're no longer friends. Well, you can't compromise the product yeah. that we're going to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And businessman is so much more than yourself. Right. So I don't look at anything as, Oh, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah. Obviously I like to make, make a, a good living for myself and my family, but I you know I've got, uh, 26 miles families to feed. And that's how I look at every decision I make. So there's not one individual, including myself, that's worth me compromising my brand, which is responsible for feeding all of these people's families. So that's when I make a decision, it's uh, the team as a whole and what's best for the brand as a whole. Um, and, and I try to leave the emotions out of it within myself. So 
Um, with that culture, though, man, it, there's a lot that goes into building a, a good culture. And I, I could literally talk for hours on culture itself. But some of the little things that we do, um, you know, we've got next week and we got a big event coming up here. Uh, we sponsor, uh, there's a huge country festival every year that comes mm -hmm. right down the road from us. We're a prime sponsor of it. So we'll sponsor these things. You know, what we take all the employees, their families, and we just honestly we party for two three days it happens it happens twice each summer um so little things like that you know every year every fourth quarter we do a company trip um whether it's hog hunting in tennessee partying in nashville we do things like that um obviously there's some individuals in our organization that it's not for them hey that's fine they stay out but majority of everyone participates and it just kind of ties that in man of uh kind of we're all in this together and sure. if the business is succeeding and if it's winning everybody's gonna win so um you know we talked about that in that meeting uh this past week is you know when when the business and the profitability is good and everyone's making money the attitude of your organization shouldn't be all oh, the boss is making all this money you know what are we doing yeah the, the attitude needs to be we're all winning fellas. Cause like, I've never heard of a business that's struggling financially. That's fun to work for. Right. So you start making all these uh, changes and a lot of times they're negative to the employees. They're working longer hours. Their pay might be getting cut. They're not getting, you know, percentage up on their 401k. So all these things kind of tie into um, you need a good product to sell. You need to sell it for the best price that you can. And all of us is going to win at the end of the day. That's awesome, man. And so the customer, I mean, the, the, the employee culture, the company culture, one good way, you may already have this in place, one great way to do that, something you can always just go, well, this is part of our, let's put together a core values document. These are our eight things that we stand for in our business. And that way there's no question. So then, like you said, when you get into a situation with a friend or hell, even if it's a family member, we don't compromise our product. So these are our core values right here. And this is what we follow. So it's not just you coming in with an opinion. It's this, this is our company's core values on the sheet. And so you can always reference that. And even clients, customers like to see that a company has core values. It kind of goes along with the whole marketing thing too. And then also a mission statement. You can have one of, the, one of each. And so we have that in our business too. And so that's how our internal team operates. Like these are our core values, customer first, you know, and things like that. So all of that kind of goes a long way with your, with your culture. And then there's no questioning like, well, you know, what, what about this? What about that? It's like, well, this is part of our core values. This is what we stand for etc. So that really, really helps too. So that's awesome, man. Great shares there about your, you know, traveling and doing sponsored events locally. Cause those types of things, that's just more impressions for your business too, right? It's also, it's company culture, but it's also impressions and people seeing you at that country event, that festival. Um, so all that stuff ties together, right? I mean, it just keeps yeah. on putting you out there. It's just like a viral, you know, everybody sees you. It is, man. And, it, and it's doing the little things a little bit beyond too. So um, a quick story that kind of goes into where what the little things can get you um, in business and even in life is there was a local uh, it was a high school hockey team they had a car wash set up and my work truck is a big dually um, it's wrapped bumper to bumper um, can't mistake it was, yeah, yeah can't it was can't mistake it covered yeah. in mud and it was just I just had the truck wrapped you know this was I want to say maybe this was 20 2017 2018 somewhere in there 
I pulled into this car wash and these kids jaws just dropped and because this thing was filthy. So they start washing on it um, and they're like, hey, you know, we're taking donations. I don't remember how much cash I gave them. Um, it was a it was a healthy chunk of money that I, that I handed to them. Well, fast forward like three months. Um, so Rayco, uh, everyone that you know is listening in this industry probably knows who Rayco is. Their headquarters is right here in our in our backyard. So we get a call from Rayco that they want to talk to me in their boardroom. I'm like, okay, so dude, I'm literally off of, I go off of a job site. Um, I, uh, I go off of a job site. I uh, walk into this room. Um, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Okay. Um, I lost the picture for some reason. Oh, okay. It's, uh, you're still, you still look fine on my end. Okay. So I, uh, sorry about that. Um, walk into the, uh, into this room, sit down with everybody. And there was an individual there. Uh, he started asking me a few questions relating to safety, uh, relating to the the industry itself. Um, he kind of gives a thumbs up and walks out of the room. I look over the guys that make our videos and our website. They're also in the room. This woman walks in and she's like, hi, um, so she's from Moorbark, uh, which Moorbark purchased Rayco um, right around this time period. Uh, so she's like, we, uh, we want to use Rogue as kind of our company that, uh, that you know, runs any prototypes, does all of our film work. Um, you know, if we have anything uh, new that we want to push into the market, we want to send them out on your cruise. We'll have the, you know, the film guys follow them. And I'm like, well, this, and this is kind of crazy, right? Like Morpark is a humongous company. Rayco is a large company. Like why on earth do they want to use, why do they want to use us? Like that's where I just, I couldn't even understand. And this all seeded from you giving a fat tip at the car wash. It really did. So I I asked, um, I asked, I was like, well, how do you guys like, Hey, how do you even know about us? Right. And the one Rayco, uh, the woman at Rayco at the time was like, uh, she goes, well, obviously we've seen your brand everywhere. Um, we've seen you, your trucks, but she's like, my son was working at this car wash and Here you go. he comes home ranting about this rogue truck. So she's like, we got online. She's like, we started looking around and she was the marketer, right? For She did marketing for Rayco. So yeah. it, all this stuff kind of played in and, you know, to this day, we still, um, we do a lot. If you go to Morvark's website, um, that's our primary chippers uh, and stump grinders that we, well, Rayco's our stump grinders, but we use their equipment. And if you go to their website, you can see, you know, it's mainly road guys rocking their equipment. So it's so, you know, you look at that, um, at that time I had like, you know, a couple chippers and it's like, well, why, why on earth would you use us? Like why pick us? Well, that's generosity, um, man. Generosity goes a long way. Giving, it, giving brings back to you uh, tenfold yeah. a lot of times, you know what I'm saying? So just yeah. by you doing that that day, again, there you go. You've got all these people out there raving and ranting about rogue tree solutions and, and that's how it happens, right? That's how you gain fight. And, and then you do something for a neighbor for free. You oh. You do something for somebody uh, as, as a generous thing, a veteran perhaps, or you know whatever the case may be, everybody's going to rant and rave about your company. So you got these salesmen, salespeople, saleswomen all over your town talking about your company. And I mean, that's that's how you do it too. It's just, it's free word of mouth doing things like that. So sometimes you're not getting paid, maybe right there on the moment, or you're being generous and giving a big tip or something. 
and it comes right. back tenfold, right? So it's every yeah. time. Yeah, and it's being part, man, of the, you know, like now we don't have to be part of the local parades. We don't have to do those things anymore, right? Our, our sizes, and and I even have, I had someone this year, they're like, dude, why do you, why do you still do these? And it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, it's funny, our local parade, it is a huge one. It takes about an hour and 40 minutes from front to so back. So what would you time. say, 70% of people in your town are there? Yeah, if probably, I would say probably a higher percentage. So, so that's, so that's a perfect yeah. place to be, right? And, so. Every year, um, you know, it started off with just candy. And then it went from the one year I had just picked up an order of company shirts. Um, they're similar to the one I'm wearing now. We ran out of candy and I'm like, I mean, I don't have, like, I had like a mile left of the parade. I'm like, guys, what do we, so we start throwing t-shirts out of my, out of the front vehicle, which was my dually. So now, you know, fast forward to now, like I still have people every year that sit in the same spot and they walk up to the truck and they're like, you got my shirt and they get them every single year. So it's like you build like these raving fans, man, yeah. that um, last year I bought, I don't know, maybe 30 small bottles. Obviously you can see behind me, I'm, I'm a big bourbon enthusiast. And uh, mm -hmm. I bought all these bottles of bourbon, you know, the real small ones. And I started handing those out to people that stood out to me as either really good customers or really good supporters of the brand. So then that turned into even more of a, this buzz, right? It's just this yeah. buzz of, of the brand itself. So, um, and then, I, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's crazy. And, and I'm, I'm very uh, blessed to, to have what we have and it, it's just fun, man. It's yeah, it's a business and it's work, but it's, it's fun to be a part of. Well, you're doing it right, man. I appreciate you sharing all this. I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're kind of getting into, into the time thing here too. And so you, you've done all of this in a six, seven year time period. Um, and that's, that's amazing. And it's, it's, it, it shows that you're out there hustling, you're doing the business, right? Generosity reciprocates and comes back to you, all of these things. So a lot of powerful shares that people can take back to their business, their hometown, their area, to do the same and similar things. If, if a tree service company is, is just getting started out and they're in that grit and grind mode to get that business launched and off the ground, kind of like you guys were when you first started, what kind of like just quick tips or something, maybe just a couple of minutes, like what would you, what would you suggest or what would you give them as encouragement to just keep going, get that business going? If it's something that you really want to do, um, you got to just push forward. Um, you know, what would kind of get them going and get off the ground? What are some things you can give them maybe to do that? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the biggest one, um, you know, kind of majority of tree guys, we're all cut from the same cloth most of the time. Um, leave your ego beside, you know, leave it at home, right? So ask questions, call a local, maybe not in your direct area, call around and don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, the, the biggest thing is I see these, these guys get stuck in these, kind of stuck in their ways, if that's what you want to say. And they do the same thing over and over and over. And they're doing it for 15 years. And they're still the exact same size that they were from day, you know, from their first year, which is fine. Maybe that's what they want, right? Absolutely. That's fine. But you have a lot of these the individuals that, um, you, you, first off, you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? And what is it for? I think that's, that's a huge question that people might think about it, but they don't actually sit down and analyze what that means and then make a plan that actually matches that answer. So if your goal is, I just want to make some side money and, and that's what my objective is, then 
kind of, you you know, it doesn't take much to go out and do that. But if you're looking at sustainability and you want a long-term plan in a, in a business that's going to provide for, for maybe generations or, or your generation and then provide for other individuals, like figure out what you have to do and then uh, obviously execute. So a big thing too is uh, that I see is you're a lot of times you have to go backwards before you can go forwards. And what I mean mainly from that is from a financial standpoint of the owner of the company, um, you get these, get these guys that they're like, well, I need to make this my first, I think it was the first four years of the business. Every employee I had made more money than I did hourly. Um, at the time I was able, my, my house was paid for at the time. Um, the, my first house that I had, so I was able to do that. I did have a, a, a kid at home, but I was pretty financially responsible. Um, and I put every dime I had back into the business. Um, so you got to be able to do that. Um, establish relationship with good accountants is huge. Uh, understanding the, the laws, and especially tax law, you know, good accountant, good attorney, um, those two it's great to have those resources, man, when it comes to legal questions. Uh, other than that, man, it's, it's literally um, roll your sleeves up and get ready to hustle seven days a week. How bad if, do you want it? Yeah. How bad do you want it? Yeah. Cause yeah. if your mindset isn't um, I, I, it's funny the amount of people you meet in business that they're like, Oh man, I I'm going to start a business. And you know, the first year or two, I might work 40 hours, but after that, like I'm going to, it's not like that. And no. it, it, I've never met a successful business owner I don't care if they if they're 70 years old, they're still hustling. What now, is the old saying too? It's uh, business owners and entrepreneurs are willing to work 80 hours a week to avoid the 40 hour a week uh, job for somebody else. Right. That's yep. really that's really the way it boils down. Right? It is. Yep. Yeah. Get ready to hustle, and you got to have strong support outside of the business, man. If you have a family that they need you there at three o'clock every day, and they it's probably not going to work. You have to make sacrifices, and and a lot of time, man, your family feels the the uh the end of that right so um which is tough and i look kind of getting a little bit older now and look at um, all the sacrifices with my first son and the years that i didn't see him um because i was doing this so it, there's times that i kind of look back i'm like man i wish i'd have done this and this a little bit different and, and tried to manage this time better this way than that but bottom line is man is you got to be hungry and you got to hustle Amazing share, man. Well, you're building a legacy for your son. I'm not sure if you have more, uh, but yeah, yeah just uh, doing amazing work, man. Amazing shares today. Lots of things people can take back to their market. So I want to thank you so much for your time today, man, and uh, sharing everything that you have you know, about business and what you've learned and everything else. And so again, guys, this is Corey Parsons, president of Rogue Tree Solutions in Ohio. Uh, and uh, thanks so much for watching today. Uh, again, if you're on the YouTube channel, go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel. If you're on the podcast, like and subscribe to our podcast. Got more expert interviews coming up soon and marketing tips, tricks, and hacks. And again, this is Wesley Smith with Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. Till next time, we'll, we'll talk to you then. Appreciate you.